Strap in. It's time for the Extra Point, Auburn's best sports talk radio show, Auburn's only sports talk TV show. He better count basketball wins. (laughs) Your three-time nationally nominated sports show. Oh, yeah. And they signed Cody Cody Parkey. SEC champion Cody Parkey. I picked Pitt, and I was right. Your three-time nationally nominated sports show. The guys give you the latest. Penn State by a million. Thank you. John Gruden cried after he traded Khalil Mack, and now he's dancing in the locker room, (laughs) saying he wished he had a disco. Call in at 334-844-9345 to join the debate. My boy got it all locked. You were saying 1,800 yards in this game. I was like, Jared. The X's and O's begin now on Eagle Eye TV and WEGO Radio. The Extra Point, presented by WEGO Sports, where every game lives. And welcome inside the Extra Point here on WEGO 9-1-1 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillon. And joining me in the studio is Carter Bird, Devin Foreman, and Jack Hart. We'll start with Carter Bird first. Carter, it is Wednesday, February 19th. How you doing today? Jared, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, thought I was going to be late. Turns out I wasn't. Turns out Devin was the last one here. But, you know, I made it. I'm ready. I don't know if you're ready, but I'm ready. I am not ready. I want you to know that. Devin Foreman. Devin, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, late late night last night. Um, but for good cause. Um, I don't want to get emotional, so. Now I feel worse. <laughs> I was nothing like I'm not Jared. No, please, no, it's nothing bad. <laughs> I'm not Jared. No, if, if, it's it, nothing if, bad. if it's a good emotional, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really is a good emotion, and I, I just don't want to get emotional as quick as on the show. So I'll get Jack. You know. All right, I feel that. And Jack Hart, Jack, what's going on with you? Hey, good morning, Jared. Doing great uh, on this soggy Wednesday morning. Ready to get into things here on the extra point. Well, today's show is going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot going on, and by a lot, I mean I literally have nothing prepared. So take yesterday, take yesterday's show, where it ended up, you know, highlight is somebody getting beamed right in the forehead with a basketball, and ramped that up to eleven with this crew, and what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't have a fast break. I don't have any top stories. I don't have anything. So, honestly, we're going to do what we do best, and we're going to talk sports for two hours. So, I'm just going to lean back, and let's just go. Let's start with Auburn basketball first, because we know that's on our mind right now. Auburn basketball versus Georgia. How are we feeling about this game? Not good, Jared, because I don't think Isaac is going to play. He made the trip. He made the trip. Interestingly enough, last night... The line dropped at Auburn minus two and a half has already moved to Auburn minus four. Because so when I looked at it yesterday, it was minus three. So at some point, it dropped to two and a half and then bounced back to no, four. No, it opened at two and a half, immediately jumped to okay, three, so and I saw now it it's pushed rising. all the way to four. Does Georgia have a player out? Anthony Edwards has been battling the flu for the past week. Mm, okay. Which is why he only dropped six points against Texas A&M in their last game. Now, if that's still affecting him, 
then, then that's the best news possible for Auburn because if Isaac Okoro is out, I'm not sure who matches up with Anthony Edwards for an entire game. So if he's a, if he's 90%, 95% rather than 100%, that's huge for Auburn. Yeah. Uh, Auburn, for, I was going to 6 o'clock too. Man, I'm going to miss it. Dang, baseball to get moved to today. Uh, Auburn, a 74.6% chance to win according to ESPN's BPI. Obviously, Samir Dowdy, not Samir Dowdy. Samir Dowdy does lead the team with 16 points and 41 from the field. Uh, however, Isaac Okoro, probably not going to play. As Carter mentioned, Anthony Edwards battling the flu. So he may play, but may not be as effective. Now, before we get any deeper into Auburn basketball, if you want to call in, you can at 334-844-9345. That is 334-844-9345 to join the show or ask a question in our live stream on Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, or YouTube. We will answer your question live on the show as the questions come in. Devin, how do you feel about Auburn basketball against Georgia tonight? Um, sort of like I, I still feel about the same as that way. You guys, don't panic. If, even if Anthony Edwards is not there, don't not panic if we lose. Okay? Just just don't panic. It's okay. Everything's fine. I'm just <laughs> trying to help y'all before it ha- Like, if anything happens crazy, I don't care who, who they don't have. Do not be shocked if we lose. Okay? It's okay. I just want to remind everyone... This man was doom and gloom on Monday when talking about us potentially losing today. And now it's, don't panic, guys. We're good. I mean, Even if we lose. It's the, it's stage, the same thing I said. It's the stages of grief. It's, listen, it's okay. It's a, this is the acceptance stage. Is this bargaining? It's okay. Like, if we lose, it's okay. But I really think that we're going to do pretty well tonight. Hey, if um, you. I think we're going to do it pretty well. Something that's interesting. I just looked it up. It has since changed since since I opened it up. Ninety two percent of bets on this game are coming in on Auburn with ninety eight percent of the money is on Auburn. Yeah. What a difference. Ooh, I don't love I don't love that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's just, uh, that's that's, that's 90, I've never seen a game so lopsided that ninety eight percent of the money being bet is on Auburn. You I know, mean, I guess they send us they send y'all they send us up. Like, for us to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to well, Everybody I mean, bet on I, us, so we're going to win. I guess then when we, we lose, it's going to be over. So. Looking at it this way, yeah. if Anthony Edwards either doesn't play or isn't as effective. I think, I think he plays. I think he plays. So, I don't think that's that's up for, for debate, to sec- be honest with you. Second option, if he isn't as effective as he usually is, i.e. his six points last game, who else does Georgia have? Rayshon Hammonds. I mean, Hammonds started really well in the game at Auburn, and then okay. as as Georgia got frustrated, Anthony Edwards, to be honest with you, kind of became a little bit of a ball hog, and it was just it was we're gonna run every possession as an ISO for me, and I'm gonna take a contested three, or I'm gonna have to make some pass at the end of the shot clock, and somebody else is gonna have to figure something out. I think that this Georgia team. If you can frustrate them the way Auburn did the first time, they can kind of implode on themselves, which is which is what you've seen. They haven't been able to finish games. You, we've seen them at their at the highs. The highs are so good for this Georgia team. That first half against Kentucky, where they celebrated like they're going to the Final Four, but 
And they come out in the second half and get frustrated like they have a tendency to do, and they choke the game away. I mean, it's it's this Georgia team has has the mark of a young team that hasn't really been there. And so they ride the emotion of the game that if you can frustrate them, you can watch it all unravel for them. I mean, yeah, going into this game against Georgia, I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, surely Auburn's not going to roll into town and have two straight road games where they shoot 10% and just look ineffective from the floor. But then I remember exactly what happened in late January where that very thing happened against Alabama and Florida in two consecutive games. Uh, but at the same time, we it, I see it as a different situation. Yes, you're looking at not a complete Auburn team. You're looking at an Auburn team that's built a little bit of confidence, that's kind of had a refuse-to-lose mentality through the, uh, through the stretch of the conference schedule. So I don't exactly see it playing the same way, but I do think that knowing what's happened in the past of this Auburn team where they've been so streaky, gotten so cold, had a, had such a low point in the season back in January that I think they'll be determined not to let that happen again because it was so detrimental to the mindset of the program. And we talked about whether or not, we, obviously, Okoro's not going to be there to run and gun with Edwards for the entire game. Assuming that Edwards doesn't have the flu, is an effective player on the uh, this Georgia roster, who do you think it's going to step up for Auburn and try to be the one to control them. I mean, even if it's a it's a tandem job and it's gonna have to be Flanagan and Samir because those are your two best on ball defenders. And Samir is gonna have to have a a Horace Spencer versus uh versus Zion type game where based on body type and pure athleticism and strength is he's outmatched but he's just got to be there and compete because that's what that's what Horace did against Zion in the Maui Invitational last season. And I forget we played Duke. Yeah, we should have won. But but regardless of that, Alan Flanagan is the only other one that that has shown that he has the ability on ball. Because the Georgia game earlier this year was Alan Flanagan's best game of the year. Put up, what, 12 points? And for a third to half of the game, he locked up Anthony Edwards. So that's kind of what Auburn's going to need, is it's got to be Samir and it's got to be Alan Flanagan. One thing that I, that I see that's, that's so interesting with this game, Georgia's played... In SEC play, or since SEC play began, they've only played three games that have been been single-digit outcomes, and all three have been games that they choked away 15-point leads and lost. They, I mean, they choked away an 18-point lead against Missouri. They had a huge lead against Florida and in that first half where Anthony Edwards had like 18 at half and then they end up losing. Think what? They were up they were up 18 at half. And then you have that Alabama game that Georgia controlled the whole way and then choked it away at the end. I mean this well they didn't quite get to they didn't quite get to double digits but they were winning late in the game and choked away another loss against Alabama. 
this Georgia team can't finish. If you if it's close at the end, they have they've they haven't won a single di- a single digit game since they beat an already bad Memphis team. What back in December? That was yeah, like first game of the new year for them, January fourth. Yeah, I mean that's that's not gonna get it get it done for you. Now, one thing that I also would like to key in on this game is the continued success that Austin Wally has found. Double-double in four of the last five games, the one game being the anomaly of Arkansas, where he got into foul trouble, only played 11 minutes, didn't put up any points. Other than that, the man's played well. I just think, I he, think he's forced to play well. I think that Arkansas game was... Maybe the worst matchup that he's had all year in terms of they didn't have a center. They didn't have a, tra- a traditional center. Kind of like when when Alabama was going, when they just basically had five shooters on the court and Alex Reese was playing the five for him, but he never was in the paint. That's kind of the way Arkansas matched up. And then whenever... Whenever Auburn went and tried to get the ball inside to Wiley, he was getting. They just crashed. When, on. when you're a smaller player going against a bigger player, or if you're a guard that's helping, you get away with more against a big physical guy like Wiley. He was ganged up on. Is the best way I can put that in that game. There was like, one they, moment they where him. where two guys were. It was like they were blocking an offensive line sled out of bounds as Wiley had the ball. And Wiley is literally getting pushed out of bounds and has no other option than to just throw it up. But there was there was nobody for him to throw the ball to, and it was a turnover. I mean, when, when another team has a traditional center that he can go in there and work against, he's been huge this year. Granted, yes, he leaves a couple baskets a game, out there because the hands still aren't where you want him to be. But he's had huge games when he's, I mean, Kentucky. He locked up Nick Richards, who everybody thought was the best center in the conference. I mean, he's been great when he has the right matchups. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to head to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll have more of the extra point here on WEGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. And welcome back inside the Extra Point here on WEG on 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Your handsome, beautiful, stunning, dashing host, Jared Dillon, and joining me in the studio is Carter Bird, Devin Foreman, and Jack Hart. As, well, where you guys want to go next? We can stay in college basketball and go all of college basketball. There was an upset last night with the top 10 teams. There's that going for us. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, top 10 Penn State, um, February 20th, 2020 to February 20th, 2020. Wait, it's not even February 20th yet. Well, they're not out of the top 10 yet. All right, well, 
continue on with that. There were a lot of big games. Uh, we saw Baylor in Oklahoma and kind of how Baylor, for the first 10 minutes, struggled with them, but then ran out the door with it. Is that a big game? I mean, because when, when Oklahoma came in at sixteen and nine and six and six in conference, because I, Baylor against broke the, the clear-cut best team in the country. Since Baylor broke the record in that game for most Big Twelve wins in a row, yes, big game. Hey, they, they're going to they're pull an Anders Carlson and <laughs> kick, the, <laughs> kick the game or kick the record-breaking extra point and then miss the next one when they play Kansas on at home, Saturday. Yeah. I mean, that would be how the that would be how it goes. Uh, I mean, I didn't realize this until making the the top five in the Big Twelve graphic last night. But Oklahoma is fifth place in the Big Twelve right now with a losing conference record. I mean, other than Kansas and Baylor, that conference is a mess. The Big Twelve is, has been always been very volatile. I mean, even Texas Tech sitting at seven and five, they're at third place with West Virginia. It's just. Two good teams, pretty much, and everyone else. Which yeah, is, they're laying waste to the rest of the conference because they literally don't lose to anybody else in the conference. Evident by their combined what is that, twenty-five and one conference record for Baylor and Kansas. You don't know what's worse than the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, where there That's are just fun. The Big Ten's, I mean, there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams within a game. Within a game of second place, but at least they have a winning record. There's some- yes, but there's five teams with a nine and six record. Five. That's absurd. I mean, I mean there's a difference between parity when everyone's bad and parity when everyone's <laughs> has a chance to win. Look I mean, up. I, look up. When- you mean parity when there's no elite team and everybody just cannibalizes each other? Look up when the Big Ten tournament is. Cause I want to know because that thing is going to be wild. And I'm yeah, ready for Dagum, it. Nebraska is going to win. Are they last in the conference? Second to last. Is it Northwestern? That's last? Yes. Yeah, that's my pick. But they... they Wait, do they, not, do they not go? Does everybody go in the Big Ten? I don't know. Has to. There's too much money at stake. This isn't... This isn't college baseball where the bottom two teams in the SEC don't make the, the SEC tournament. Hey. Didn't we change that last year? Well, I it changed... So. Changed because Missouri got yeeted out of the conference. <laughs> um, but no, I mean there there were some good games. Penn State obviously fell to Illinois, which uh, West Virginia team against ranked. I mean, big when you have team. your your uh, your guard for Illinois, is that Dasunmu? Uh, sure. <laughs> how it looks scores twenty four points, uh, which is basically the amount of points that Penn State scored in a half, because this is of course Big Ten basketball. Uh, and you're a ranked team at home, so of course you're going to lose. That there's no coming back from that. And uh, I mean, Illinois shot 30 percent from three. Uh, out, I mean, turnover margin was 13 to seven. It was a a pretty insane game for for Big Ten standards, as crazy as you can get up north. And uh, yeah, just wasn't Penn State's night, unfortunately. So they'll fall to 10 and five in the conference, and still they're two games behind Maryland, who escaped against Michigan State over the weekend. And somehow through 24 minutes. I don't think we've mentioned Kentucky LSU. Cuz that was yeah. a, that was that was a big game for, well, it was a huge game. Yeah. I mean, it was a game that LSU could not lose. Could not lose. And they were favored. And boy, they were favored. they they really did in the second half. They let what? How many points did they 
They allowed 50 points in the second 50. half. 50. Yeah. I mean, what I, is this LSU defense that just straight up doesn't show up at random points? I mean, they well, gave me, up uh, what yeah. 90 on two consecutive games. I mean, this LSU defense is not good, and yeah. LSU don't look now. They've allowed. They've lost four of their last five. So they're four t- of their they're, last five after starting uh, eight zero in conference. They are tumbling quickly. Your leading scorer for Kentucky with twenty one five for six on his free throws also led the team in assists with six. Only one turnover, and yeah, I don't really know what to make of this. I mean, it was in Pete Maravich, so LSU had every advantage they could ask for there. It was sold out. It it just. The defense is an issue for LSU, and it it shows. I mean, they're reeling after looking pretty unbeatable as far as conference play heading into Nashville, uh, what, two weeks ago now, and just reeling ever since then. Yeah, teams that were very impressive in non-con and a little bit in SEC play, uh, like LSU, and for non-conference Arkansas, I mean, they've just torpedoed. I mean, they let Kentucky go 50% from three-point line. Nine of eighteen, and LSU. I mean, LSU shot thirty-five percent themselves. But if you're giving up fifty percent from three, very hard to win a ball game like that. For LSU, they just and LSU. It's ever since they they got down to begin the the second half, thirty-two to thirty, and they never sniffed the lead again. I mean, they got pretty close. Uh, they got within five with about a minute and a half to play, but they never led the game again. They just let it get away from them, and their ability to not get. Uh, turnovers on defense and not stop this Kentucky from, team from scoring. Obviously, with the 50 points there, yeah, they were able to keep pace, but they weren't able to get a clutch stop to be able to get the crowd back into things and get things going at home, which is just, I mean, that's not going to fly in conference play. So I've got a trivia question for y'all. Oh, boy. Because we brought up Pete Maravich. I came across this yesterday on Twitter. Pete Maravich played Kentucky six times from 1968 to 1970. How many points did he score in each game? Or what is the range? What is the lowest he scored and what is the highest he scored? This is before the three-point line. I I think his lowest point total was seven and his highest point total was um, 34. I'm going to go something absurd like zero to 30. 2245. Pete Maravich's lowest point total against Kentucky was 44. Hey, high. His highest was 64. He dropped 52, 44, 52, 45, 55, and 64 on, on Kentucky. Did they win those games? <laughs> I believe he won every single one of them. And that's how you get a stadium named after yourself. I mean, yes. Good lord, that's insane. There's no mercy. I mean, I guess forty-four. I, I guess I should have known. Forty-four was your off day. I guess I should have known that after an arena was named after him, there's no way he had a game where he scored zero points against what I assume was still a top in the conference Kentucky team. So, I should have knew better than that. That was my fault. Them a lot of points though. He only lost one time in his career. To oh. L- or to <laughs> Kentucky, and that was in 1972. And 
I need to find out how many points he scored in this game. Probably drop a nice 50 on him. Probably dropped 35 and it just wasn't enough. Oh, no. That's when he was... Did he go from being a player to directly to head coach? I mean, I when he puts up numbers like that, <laughs> what else is he going to do? It was the 70s. It was a weird time. Oh, uh, th- that was his dad's rec- His dad was the coach. I didn't realize that. Oh, no his dad's first talking. name is oh, Press. So, so they, they just played, you know, iso ball the whole time, and they, he just told him to shoot. It's what I'm going to assume. Dad, I guess. I got this. And he had just 40 and 50 and 60. Well, I, don't think my, crazy. I don't think my dad will let me shoot. That's I think he points. knows. Yeah. In 1970, he dropped 50, 55 points in a loss to Kentucky. 55. I mean, I can get that. Slight 50. Yeah. Imagine just going to a game and be like, oh, how many you scored? Today? Oh, J55. Just 55. Sure. Just a nice little 55. We're going to head to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll have more of the extra point here on WGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. And welcome back inside Extra Point here on WGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillon joining me in the studio is Carter Bird, Devin Foreman, and Jack Hart. As we head over to some news in the NCAA, all of NCAA, the ACC as a conference is backing one-time transfer rule or backing a one-time transfer rule. I said that horribly wrong. Uh, across all sports, i.e. pretty much... A player can transfer and be granted immediate eligibility right out the gate at least once, right? That first time. After that, it's, you You know. You got to go get your waivers, which apparently we hand out to every quarterback. So, yeah, there's that. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, in certain situations, I know there's been some murky situations where a player's transferring for a very good reason and they don't get, you know, that uh that waiver. I mean there's some situations with athletes transferring for very I'll say I don't wanna say not good reasons, but very avoidable reasons, very personal reasons, and and then being the granted the uh the transfer. So Yeah, the the NCAA has just chosen a weird it's, a, it's weird, a weird. It's weird that they give it to certain people and then they don't give it to other people that have legitimate, better reasons to be transferring. It it it's not a good look. What no matter how why it is that they do it, what you can read into it as a result of it is is not a good look for the NCAA. And I think that that shows in the changes that are probably coming to it pretty soon. I mean. Under the current rules, they allow one-time transfer exemption for athletes, but not in football, men's or women's basketball, baseball, or men's ice hockey, which are conveniently the five most revenue-generating sports, I believe. So it, it's an interesting situation, and why it exists for those sports and not others is, 
I guess, a point of concern here and why the rules are look to be changing here in the future. Hmm. So from NCAA, let's move on to where you guys want to land. Do we want to go MLB right now or do you want to go to the NFL? Do it whatever you want, Jared. I mean, I guess we could take a look at the MLB. All right, we can go baseball because we got to talk about it. We anyway. got to talk about this this Astros World Series because I mean now LeBron is weighed in, so it's officially a big story. LeBron, it transcends sport. It's now a sports story. Zach, are you okay? The first games are on Saturday. Hopefully, it'll they'll go away. <laughs> this is not going away at any point this entire season. This is going to be the most watched MLB season in a long time. Purely because everybody wants to watch what happens with the Astros this year whenever they go on the road. They'll probably get plunked. It'll be the most listened to MLB season of all time, hopefully, as well. But yes, LeBron LeBron weighed in with... I don't think he knows how tweet threads work, <laughs> but... Listen, I know I don't play baseball, but I am in sports. And if I knew someone cheated cheated me out of winning a title, and I found found out, I would be blanking irate. Uh, <laughs> How do you think J.R. Smith feels tonight? <laughs> I mean, like uncontrollable about what I would slash could do. Don't know what that means. Is that a? <laughs> that's such a bizarre statement. Listen here, baseball commissioner. <laughs> Listen to your players speaking today about how disgusted, mad, hurt, broken, etc., etc. about this. Literally, the ball, parentheses, baseball emoji, is yeah. in your court, parentheses, or should I say field. <laughs> <laughs> and, you need, and you need to fix this for the sports, or for the sake of sports. And then the most hilarious part of the tweet, hashtag... Just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie, regardless my own sport I play. That was his hashtag. I, oh, I wish he had run out of characters and that it ended halfway through. Who knows? Maybe it did. Maybe he wanted to keep going. I just love the mental image of him like leaning over to Brody and being like, "Is that funny?" The baseball I emoji. No, no, I, I don't think he's trying to be funny. <laughs> but, but the but baseball I, emoji. Is that good? Does that take the edge off? His hashtag had 11 words. 11. Was the f- top top of each word cap- cap- capitalized? Yes, which gets really confusing <laughs> when you have sport I play is the last three words when there's just what looks like, I mean, a capital L. It looks like a, a lowercase L, capital P, lowercase L with the capital I, P, L. Man, I just love it's a media circus down in Florida right now, and that's that's what you love to see. I mean, these players got nothing to do, and the media's down there, and they're all sounding off in the locker rooms. I mean, we well, have, as I, they should be, though. And, but I I think it also comes from the comments of Rob Manfred, the, the piece of metal comment, mm-hmm. which we all know about. But also, he went down to uh to these different leagues, right, for spring training, and he talked to GMs and managers about, hey. Don't hit these players. Don't beam them. Okay. And apparently a couple of players and a couple of GMs walked out of that meeting like, I think somebody said, quote, I think the executive said, quote, the Astros win again. 
<laughs> because because they're being Manfred's taking this really weird sympathetic approach to the Astros in a situation that he shouldn't. Like there's when he talks about the the hurt on the Astros players faces and all this and you can see how how much this whole thing bothers them. I mean come on. They cheated and it directly the the media circuit of this scandal has been it got has worse. only made everything worse. It got worse because of him. Because it got worse. Comments. It got worse because the punishment was bad. Yeah. Then the Astros, when they got to spring training, all circled up the day before. They had a meeting. Then they all snuck away. By by snuck away, they roped off the parking lot so the media couldn't get into the parking lot, and they escorted the players to their cars so so they could leave. And then the next day, they hold a press conference where the owner of the Astros acknowledges that they cheated, but says it did not affect the game. And then I believe it was the voice of Jeff Passan with ESPN asking, did you say that you cheating did not have an effect on the game? was like the first question. And he goes, I never said that. And when it was literally his last, the last thing he had said. I mean, the, the three sound bites yesterday from Manfred was that he, w- walking back the, the piece of metal comment, saying he referred to it as, quote, in a disrespectful way, and he would, quote, like to apologize for it. Um, the most embarrassing part is the fact that he's... Major League Baseball's commissioner. The trophy is called the commissioner's trophy. And the commissioner downplayed... He downplayed the trophy. He downplayed the significance of the scandal. He downplayed the significance of everything that goes into the 162-game baseball season. And he downplayed the whole sport. In a, in a moment that Major League Baseball cannot cannot allow their sport to be downplayed because they've already lost. I mean, it's the support of baseball nationally has all but completely eroded, and now it's just now it's a regional sport. And yes, it brings in money that way, but you can't. Yeah, I mean, especially when. When there's a six-week period from the end of the NBA Finals to the start of football, that like the only thing going on is Major League Baseball, baseball. and they've you done you cannot a, downplay your own sport, and they've done a poor job of capitalizing on that in the past. So it it'll be interesting to see well, what they do about that in the future. I just remember the whole thing last year when uh, people were getting mad about bat flips, and then they had the whole thing about let the, let let these guys play, right? That the, they had that whole push. About let these guys play, trying to get younger people into the game, and then that's been going on. I mean, as much as I hated it, the Bryce Harper make baseball fun again movement was. Uh, I mean, it, it comes from a point of frustration from I think the players that want it. It it's the MLB does a poor job of marketing itself, and it, this is just another example of it with the commissioner not really understanding about the integrity of the sport, which. I, is your job as the commissioner is to be the ambassador to the sports world of why your sport is interesting and worth watching. I mean, 
continuing on what Rob Manfred's had to say about the scandal more specifically is that uh, saying things like they're going to take every possible step to protect uh, Mike Fears wherever he's playing and that he did the industry a service by speaking out, which, I mean, it's not directly contradicting anything it's, he said, but it does seem very contradictory to the general feeling that uh, Manfred has had towards the whole situation, saying that he did the industry a service because of how this whole thing's been being handled. Yeah, I just... It's a mess. And then you have the Astros on the day that they did all their press. Carlos Correa coming out and... When you are caught up in a scandal like this, and it's deemed to be player-driven, and people are angry because the players are not getting... not getting blamed, not getting punished which is a problem, do not start calling out players on other teams. <laughs> the, Astros, like, the Astros PR ever since the World Series has been abysmal. Like, how are you going to come out and call out Cody Bellinger and say, until you get the facts, you need to shut the blank up? You need to shut up and hit. Oh gosh! See, I, I can do things too. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> whoa! And then, like, what I don't understand is how are we changing the the reason why Jose Altuve didn't let his jersey be ripped off? Initially, it was it was he didn't want he didn't want his wife. Or like his wife got upset if he was if he would be shirtless on television, and that which is interesting. Fair. I mean, hey, hey that's your relationship. That's, that's yeah. lay down the couch if that's you want. That's up for them. Yeah. 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 That's, and then Correa <laughs> comes out and says it was because Jose Altuve had a bad tattoo and was didn't want everybody to see it. Which, of course, led to some <laughs> hilarious stuff on Twitter where <laughs> some guy acted like he was exposing the uh, the Astros because there was a picture, I guess during the All-Star break, 82 days earlier, of all the Astros like on a beach. Jose Altuve didn't have a tattoo, and they're like, he's like, boom, no tattoo. 82 days later, he hits a home run, and people are like, ah. In 82 days, you can get a tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> that's plenty can. of time to get a tattoo. <laughs> plenty but, of time. But I just like the the way the media, the way that baseball, the Astros and Major League Baseball are handling the media right now has only made giving this story more and more legs in a time period that I guarantee you the Astros in the front office or and the office of Major League Baseball. They want this to go away, but now they've made oh, it where not. because we didn't punish them correctly, because the Astros handled their media the way they did, because the way Manfred handled his media, this is going to get worse, and it's going to, there's going to be ruthless heckling in every game. You better believe there's going to be hundreds of trash cans snuck into every every stadium 
Not gonna beat it with. Like, how do you sneak a trash can into a stadium? Telescoping. How do you sneak a giant fish into National Predators playoff game? You still slot it down you your tape, pants. Tape it to your thigh. Yeah. You get really sus during the pat down. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> it's That's what they do it. What are you gonna do with a trash can? Uh, <laughs> like you can't. You can't. turn. You make it a telescoping lens, and you and you just put it in, in a under your back under your coat. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe they'll use Pringle cams. They'll find a way. Yeah. They might sell them. They might, Shout out they to might the... just jack them out of the bathrooms, to be frank. <laughs> they might. That would be every road stadium needs oh, to God. for the weekend, the Astros, <laughs> the, 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 the three-game set that, that the Astros come to town. They need to sell trash cans. Hey, if That's we, a if great we way money. to make money. <laughs> we gotta make money. That's phenomenal, Jack. <laughs> Jack, we need we need to jump on that now. We, we, need, we need we need to be a traveling MLB, show, Home Depot collaboration <laughs> that, that shows up to every Astros road game, and we just sell trash. We just sell trash cans outside the stadium with like for like a 300 percent markup. Loving it, loving this oh, idea. Oh man, uh, I think and just slap their logo on it, like, <laughs> the home team logo on it. <laughs> I think the crazy thing there. is, what if, and, and, and what is, I'm sure. We're in there. What's going to happen <laughs> if the Astros make it to the World Series again? They will This won't. year. They won't. I'm just saying, in the crazy scenario, right, because. They're not as good. Point, at this point, I believe Hollywood's writing the script. They're going to be under such a microscope that they wouldn't dare get up to anything above, under the, under the table, is what I think. Hey, what. What happens if the Astros just have the greatest offensive season of all time? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this like, year. They gonna go what if, like, Jose I mean, Altuve hits 430 with 45 be, home runs and just 180 be RBIs? An asterisk on the season based solely off suspicion. No, yeah. no evidence. <laughs> hey, you just think they cheated. <laughs> just think they cheated. So what, the over-under on the amount of hit batters this year is at 83 and a half? Yes. Ooh. Oh, it's over. It's, who do you think is going to be the number one target? Oh, my. Alex Bregman. <laughs> It, they found the quote when he went on Pardon My Take with Barstool yesterday and said his favorite unwritten rule in baseball is when players do something stupid so you can hit them with pitches. And he's the one that talked the most. Bregman walks Bregman's going to get hit 48 times by himself. <laughs> he's not even going to walk up in full catcher's gear. <laughs> he's not even going to get to the batter's he's box. Gonna wear, <laughs> you know, he's going to have every Evo Shield protective, protective gear on the front half of his body possible. <laughs> Somebody's going to throw a pitch into the dugout. He's going to wear <laughs> He's going to wear a daggum Iron Man suit just to go hit it. So, in another crazy scenario, what happens if every pitcher gets thrown out of the game for hitting an Astros player? You forfeit. I mean, <laughs> no, no. Position players, position start, players start start pitching, <laughs> and if they're hitting them, I and then they assume. have the best offensive season. <laughs> oh man, I, I was exactly what they want. I was I was gonna say something, but you know who? Really okay, does the starter on opening day hit an Astros player slash? Also, or well, okay, do they well, hit an Astro? Does the starter, the first pitcher they see this so season, they're playing the Angels he, first, right? Is it uh, is it in is Houston? It, in, no, it's in L.A. Yes. Oh yeah, he's Sunday. God help him. So, and it's gonna be, I assume, Otani, right? 
I don't know. Is he well, I mean, it. I mean, he's he pitches for them, but but we yeah, we, but we don't know if he's the opening day starter. I mean, he is coming off what Tommy John, so I think so. We don't know who's going to be idiot. But now, I mean, especially that means does does the starter for opening day does he hit an Astro? And if he does, does he get does he hit multiple Astros? Also, does he get ejected? Does Mike Trout get hit back? <laughs> Will there be a brawl? Wait, did did Jock Peterson get traded to the? Angels? I don't know. If, no, don't know if, that it one, didn't happen because there were those two, taken back. Right, there were those yeah. two trades that like happened, but then the news came they were out that neither, for like three days, neither of them happened. Back. The Mookie one eventually did happen. Jock did not leave. He's still in the Dodgers. And I think the crazy thing is, you kind of have to trade him now, don't you? Because like that's you're, a weird you're pretty si- signal that like you're disposable. <laughs> I think you're gonna have to go out there and. <laughs> Take pitches for you. Unless you got a really good smooth <laughs> talker on your in, in your uh, it's, league clubhouse. It's the Dodgers. They'll, they'll just throw them out. You know who's them. really happy about this whole mess right now with the Astros? The Red Sox. Yeah. Because, I mean, they just... It, they, they just skirted right under the radar. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess the Mets weren't really caught up into it, only with... The Mets were, like, <laughs> tangentially in there with yeah. the, the Carlos Beltran niece burner account. Which is a, a whole other thing, but yeah, um, from from resident Astros fan here at Weagle, Chris Basinger, I've heard that uh, he he's just waiting for the for the Astro or for the Red Sox investigation, and I'm I I just don't know if it's coming. I think I think poor, the Red Sox might have gotten away scot free on this one. Poor Chris, I watched him watch the first half of the Liverpool game yesterday, and he he just wasn't having fun. The All Star game this year, don't tell me, is in Dodger Stadium. <sighs> The Astros may be banned. <laughs> they every have to Astros ban player players. that goes. How many? How many guys does Clayton Kershaw hit? I mean, well, it's not the playoffs. So, does is Clayton Kershaw going to be the first pitcher ejected from the All Star game for for hitting opposing batters? Has a player ever been ejected from, from the All Star game? Because I don't believe so. The Dodgers all-star pitchers might all get ejected from that game because they don't see each other in the regular season. Is is baseball all-star done by voting? Yes, right. It's done by popular vote by yes. fans. Um, with, with some, intervention. I guess we, I guess we have to assume Dodger. I mean, Astro players will get into the all-star game anyway, even with all this stuff going. A on. A player or manager has never been ejected from the all-star game. There's a first for everything, and I think it's happening this year. <laughs> Look, because they do not, at least in the first half of the season, they don't see each other. I'm checking the second half right now. They do not see each other this year. So they would either see each other in the World Series, which would be the most amazing karma moment if the Astros somehow made the World Series and just got absolutely shelled by, by the uh, Dodgers. But somehow you you Darvish still gives up twelve. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Darvish pitches for the Cubs. Well, I know. I mean, if he if he shows he up, still somehow give up. I mean, if, if Puig and you Darvish like you roll, Darvish roll ends LA. up on the Astros at the at the trade deadline oh, and no. gives up a twenty five spot because he's just tossing Joe it. Madden, who's already in LA. <laughs> just, Joe Madden just spotted in the Dodgers dugout. I hope. I honestly, if if they were to somehow see each other in the World Series. I hope the Dodgers players are just super petty and are just in the middle of their at-bats, banging on a trash can regardless of what's going on. I mean, 
I, it'd be perfect for the Dodgers to 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 choke it away again, even with the if the Astros have a terrible offensive performance. Like the Astros score like two points in every game, and the Dodgers still can't get it together because that's just Dodger baseball. All right, let's go ahead and head to a commercial break because we've just broke our our, our time limit here, but. We'll come back. We'll, 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 we'll do some funky stuff. We'll come back in one minute, and we'll wrap up the first hour here on the Extra Point you're watching. And let's get Extra Point here on WEGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. And welcome back. It's that extra point here on WEG on 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dodd and joining me in the studio is Carter Bird, an emotional Devin Foreman, and Jack Hart. As we get into uniform factor, I'm getting my, I'm getting my words right. Um, but first, Jack, what I want you to do, I don't want you to break down what we have currently right here. I want you to break down. That Lafayette jersey right over there. Oh, it's not. Yeah, I want you to break that down. Devin, is is that is that your jersey from when you played? Oh no, no, no. This is like nineteen seventy five. Where'd you get it? Technically I don't supposed to have it. But <laughs> I went to like the little equipment room and I got it. I okay. got like two more. I like it. I like the uh the <laughs> con two more. The contrast is good. I like that. The Lafayette block numbers there or letters there are all kind of one unit. It's like a, it's like it reminds me of the old Sonics jerseys with like the the arch. So it looks good. It's a good look. Appreciate you. It looks good with your hoodie with the white stripe. Hey, I think I need to get a black hoodie. That, that could be cold. That'd be cold. Yeah. And I also can't wait until we have our extra point all star shirts on uniform factor as well. That's coming up. Don't you worry. I didn't forget about that. Jack, let's go ahead and get into uniform factor. What's up first? It looks like a... Uh, who is that? Michigan State. Is it? Yes, sir. So uh, <laughs> if you caught the Maryland-Michigan State game this past Saturday, you probably noticed that the Spartans were wearing something a little different, and you would have been correct because the Michigan State Spartans men basketball program, who won its second national title in the year 2000, will honor that team with these special throwback uniforms. These uniforms feature a recognizable Greek-inspired key pattern used as a trim, arm sleeves, waistline, and the bottom of the shorts. You'll see the green running into a stripe down the right side of the jersey and shorts with it ending at a Michigan State Block S on the left and that Michigan State Spartan helmet on the right. These are an homage, as I said, to the year 2000 when they won a national championship. So we have some pictures from back then. And some pictures from now when they wore them against Maryland on Saturday. These Greek-inspired Spartan uniforms. Uh, I don't see the Spartan helmet really. I mean, oh, oh, are you talking about on the pants? It's on the pants, yeah. I thought you were saying in the... Okay, I follow now. Sorry, I got distracted because Jared responded to my text from two hours ago now. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I uh, it's funny. I did think yeah, it was funny. It uh, I like the I like the waist trim. I do like that. Um, outside of that, I mean, it doesn't drive me crazy. I mean, I think it's okay. 
it's it's subtle. I I like the, yeah I like the trim for uh for a school inspired with Spartans as their mascot. It's really it really sets them apart from other schools. Um, I always like that Michigan State block S. I don't love the the Michigan State word mark on the front of a jersey. It's very big. It's very um very loud looking, but. Uh, for a throwback, I think it looks cool, and I think I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be upset with Michigan State if they went with the 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 Greek kind of pattern full time for the trim. I think it looks good. Is that it for Michigan State? Yeah, I believe so. Hey, I hope you put what's called them on here. Who who that? Um, was it Notre Dame? They had the white with the gold, with the gold all the way through. <laughs> I don't know. Next up is the Florida Gators baseball team. They've introduced a new retro uniform into the rotation to celebrate. Is it Carolina blue? No, Carter. To celebrate the final season at McEthan Stadium in Gainesville, Florida baseball will wear the throwback uniforms for Sunday games. The white uniform features the Florida script across the chest, along with orange numbers that pay homage to the uniforms worn by the Gators teams in the earliest years of McEthan Stadium. So, White hats are in vogue in college baseball, and these are no exception with white hats with that classic block F from Florida with a script Florida on the front of a jersey and white pants with blue piping down the side. So these are your Sunday throwbacks for the Florida Gators baseball team. I like these a lot. I I think these are a very... I like the all-white, the script Florida. It's just all around. I think it's a great look. I think the script Florida is something we've never seen before. Florida usually goes with a tri- pretty traditional block lettering on their jerseys. And I think these are, uh, I couldn't find any period photos of, of early Florida baseball. They're harder to get their ha- your hands on than you'd imagine. But these are a good faux back, I'd say, where it captures the essence of what the jerseys looked like without actually looking as bad as old baseball jerseys used to. So... Um, I really, really like this look for for Florida. I'm not in love with the uh, the white caps, which we'll get to a little bit later in the segment. But I think it's a uh, it's definitely good for a, for a one day a week uniform for sure. It's 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 clean, it's clean. And yeah. I think I can appreciate that for Florida. Yes, yeah, for Florida for Nike, there's not too much going on, which much better than that than too much going on, which we sometimes see uh, when, especially in college sports. All right. Up next, Jack, what do we have next? If you were watching some Big 12 basketball last Thursday night, you might have seen Kansas taking on Oklahoma. They took care of business, defeated Oklahoma at home, but they did so in style, wearing 1990s throwback jerseys uh, fabricated by Adidas, a pretty much exact replica of what Champion outfitted the Jayhawks in back in the 1990s. Uh, so we have a picture of uh, Paul Pierce there, right there in his number 34 Kansas jersey in his full champion get-up, uh, T-shirt, undershirt included and all. Uh, and what the throwback jerseys look like with Paul Pierce holding up his number 34 in the bottom left there. So it's got the kind of circus saloon font with uh, Kansas across the front uh, numbers and right down the side pretty as basic as you can get very classic but the font is what sets it apart from other jerseys of its time so very cool to have the 1990s successful kansas team honored uh, on last thursday night against oklahoma i think that looks great i really do i just think it's 
anytime you can go with like a classic look like that with the white on white, I mean, just make it look great. I'm I'm always a fan. Yeah, I think it's classic, and it doesn't do too much. Like it, it, it's still you can look at it and still see Kansas from back then to now. Like they, that their jersey for hasn't changed a lot. So I think I think it's good. I like it. Yeah, and for a historic program that's had so many great athletes pass through um, Allen Fieldhouse to have it. Look as good as that, and something I really like about it is that it has. Uh, we're look the the ones fabricated for Thursday by Adidas were were the home jersey, the home whites. So it had a blue stripe down the side that goes all the way down the pants, which I think looks good, and with a number on the pants, always a good touch there, inverted. So white numbers on the blue stripe. So these look great, and uh, I'm all for this. If Adidas, Nike, and Under Armour continue to fabricate some 80s and 90s looks for the modern age. Are you sending me audio text messages of Jack talking in this segment right now? Yes. Yes. Is, you're uh, such a child. <laughs> He's a what? He's a child. <laughs> and to wrap things up, we will head to Plainsman Park this past weekend and look at the four different uniforms worn by your Auburn Tigers in their four games against UIC. A... Big notable change to the Auburn rotation this season is the addition of the white Under Armour cap that was paired with all four um, jersey combinations on uh, this weekend, which is something I was very surprised to see and interested to see if it continues throughout the rest of the season. But let's see, we have starting off with your Friday game, we had Tanner Burns picking out his pinstripe jerseys as always, but the pinstripes have changed. They are no longer just navy and white. They have added orange to the mix. So an orange and blue Auburn logo, a Cub-style jersey with the pinstripes and the number um, paired with the white hat for an all-white look. Uh, white hat having a blue brim to go along with it, matching the uh, Under Armour socks worn by the team. So that was the Friday jersey. Game one on Saturday was Jack Owen on the hill. So we had the... Classic white home jerseys, no pinstripes, with that Auburn script, the uh, the Neo Auburn script, with the white hat paired with it. And then second game, uh, Richard Fitz getting the start with the blue jerseys, often worn on the road by Auburn, but paired with the white hat and the white pants. And then, of course, on Sunday, we had those home oranges, also featuring the Auburn script, blue letters, white piping, and the orange uh, jersey went with the white hat and pants. So... Four new, completely new combinations seen over the weekend by Auburn and all integrating the white hat uh, now furnished by Under Armour. Yeah, as I said, I'm most interested to see w- how the white hat uh, will continue to appear throughout the season because you can't really wear that on the road with, uh, with the grays. And I'm interested to see if it's going to be the full-time home cap because, uh, not to spoil anything, but I'm not in love with the... Uh, white hat with the colored jerseys but i'll let you guys weigh in on what you think as long as on digital camo i don't care <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I, a, I told that's, you that's a fair take if auburn got to game three of the world series and they wore digital camo i want to lose that's how much i hate them i'm sorry <laughs> you I'm know sorry. that may be one of your worst takes on auburn sports i don't care i think it means way more <laughs> 
to have a national championship. Mm-mm. We're going to be immortalized in history with those photos, and we're going to be wearing digital camo. It now, was, it, now, in reality, we would never wear digital camo. I don't think we wore digital camo at all in the postseason. Oh, that's all we wore, Jared. Was it? Oh, my God. I think it's the only... I erased that from my memory it's, after it's after the, the, after the Omaha. The only way I could justify it was that they didn't make enough Rod Bramblett patches, and that was the only hat they sewed them to. <laughs> that's the only way I could rectify it in my mind. Uh, so there was that. But, yeah, Auburn baseball is going to look a lot different this season, it looks like. So, I just, my, my stance on these uniforms, the white hat, I, the only one I really like it with is the all-white jersey with, with no pinstripes. Yes. I was about to say that, yes. yeah. Yes. I like the blue hat with a white AU and the old pinstripe jersey. I think that looks nice. And then, I think the traditional hat with the orange jersey, and then maybe an all-blue hat with a... With a orange AU or something with the blue jersey, or the traditional hat with mm-hmm. with the blue jersey, I think that would look look the best. The real question is, does Auburn break out a Texas A and M slash Vanderbilt? Because Texas A and M has now copied yeah has now copied Vanderbilt with the dark colored pinstripe jersey. Vanderbilt has a black and gold mm-hmm. with gold pinstripes. Yeah. They have that jersey, and A&M now has a maroon with white pinstripe jersey. And so for Auburn, what color would they use for dark? Would it, Navy would it be blue? with orange pinstripes. Or do you want to go white <laughs> pinstripes? I think that might be a little Which realistic. Would you prefer? If we're either navy blue is the base. Or, or would you rather go orange is the base with blue pinstripes? Digital camo pinstripes. That's too much orange. I'm sorry. <laughs> blue blue with orange pinstripes is a... You can't, you can't digi-camo the pinstripes because then... <laughs> Just look close. You can. Yeah, you can look really close. If you're, uh, if you're not within two inches of the jersey, you can't tell. We just make the pinstripe bigger. It's like this. It's like very thick pinstripe. If, we, if you had digi-camo pinstripes... I would hate it because I know Jacob Hillman would make a where the where the pinstripes joke because the it's their <laughs> camo. Digi camo only confuses computers. Everyone knows that. Uh, my final thoughts on these is that the the blue shirt with the white pants and hat looks like the football jersey, and I can't get that out of my mind. And they should bring back the pinwheel cap for home and wear the navy cap on the road. Also, to the far left, the pinwheel hat, the tricolor hat. Yeah. I the, hate that. To the far left, that picture. I hate that. Which I believe number 27 is Seb Thomas. Am I correct in saying that? He pitched on Saturday. Yeah, that, that, that checks out. Uh, when, did, when did they start allowing pitchers to wear sunglasses? Is that this year thing? That wasn't always a thing, was it? I don't think sunglasses mean anything as a pitcher. <laughs> but I thought they banned... It's, you, uh, you can't have a white arm sleeve. I thought, a, I thought sunglasses was a thing. What? That some, something something white arm sleeve on your throwing on your throwing arm because they don't the ball's white and yeah. they don't want you to have any advantage like that for whatever reason Carson Fulmer at uh, Vanderbilt wore clear prescription like Oakley glasses on the mound every time he pitched so I'm not sure if that I think if it's prescription you're allowed to but I thought like regular sunglasses to block sun. Was hey, all I know banned. is in the old, in the old video game, back in O, uh, 
NCAA baseball MVP 07. You could wear sunglasses on the mound. Mm-hmm. And Carter that game was the game. best. <laughs> I just, that game was sick. I'm going to take that up. I'm going to Amazon right now. Speaking of sunglasses. I have a copy of it. On my PS2. Oh, I have a GameCube. Speaking of sunglasses, speaking of just uniforms in general, I'm remembering your story about was it Homewood Baseball? Who had they had to show caps that you played no, against? Was it Homewood? Well, who it was, was it? Woodlawn. Ah, oh, it's close enough. There mm. <laughs> could not be more more a more false statement you've ever made. Well, wait, what was the school? One is one is like a Mountain Brook Vestavia level. In terms of a no, basically what what's, what's private school you public against? school. What school you played against? Woodlawn. See, I said Homewood. You said Woodlawn. You, the name is Woodlawn. Woodlawn. Oh, it's even closer. See, <laughs> I'm talking about the names are similar. Like I was in, like from a name standpoint, I was in the ballpark. Yes, but but uh-huh. Jared, let me. You re- they really aren't that close in name, but but yes, they you they could not be farther apart as far as. Schools. Oh, I don't care. I'm talking about from a name standpoint. Now I just remember your story telling us how that to share caps. I mean, the only way. I mean, in, unless you picked a private school, you probably couldn't get couldn't have got it worse. <laughs> I wasn't talking about the social economic background of the schools, Carter. I'm talking about literally the names. I don't care about how much money they have. Or Woodlawn and Homewood are just. No, they just have wood in them. <laughs> They're close. That's what I'm saying. Not that close. They one should. starts with it, one ends with it. Half, half of their name has the same word. Is what I'm getting at. Not, you, not, their, not their socioeconomic <laughs> background of their students. I'm just talking about this. I'm literally talking about this straight up name. That is all I'm talking about. Call to give them a break. Give him a break, man. Give him a break. I, mean, I just feel like I'm going to break anyway. Just give him a break, man. Yeah. He, let Whatever. him have it. Let him have it. Go to break. I'm <laughs> I'm tired of this segment. Go to break. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> Not having a plan. Looking. Why you turn my guy off like that? Which one me say? I say. Which one me say? <laughs> Jared, come on. <laughs> That's been Uniform Factor. You're watching Listening Extra Point here on WGL 91.1 and Eagle Eye TV. Welcome back inside Extra Point here on WEGL 9-1-1 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillon and joining me in the studio is Carter Bird, Devin Foreman, and Jack Hart. As we get into... Well, actually, I didn't ask you during the break where we wanted to go. So where do you guys want to go? You want to go NBA or NFL? NFL, Jared. All right, we're just going to avoid the NBA. Let's go to the NFL. And I already had it pulled up, but Mel Kuyper recently released his Mock Draft 2.0 the other day. I just wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts on some changes 
especially with the quarterback situation, as well, Joe Burrow's going to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's you know, I mean, I wouldn't I've, be so sure. I've seen that. a. Uh, I know about the. I know about what Joe Burrow has said, saying that he has leverage thing. I still think. I think he's going to try to force his way out of Cincinnati. You think he's so? Try to force somebody to come up and trade for him. Really? I think so. You don't think he wants to be in wants to be in Cincinnati, or he doesn't want to be. I in don't that situation? think anybody wants to be in Cincinnati. Oh, both for the city itself and <laughs> and and just going to abandon abandon your Man, Reds you, like that. You have no. You, you my like Reds, those, yeah. You, like, you, you said the like Reds were watch out for the Reds. I said watch out <laughs> for the Reds, but but are you biased against Ohio? Yeah, there's a great team named Akron. And I mean, you don't like Akron. You, you <laughs> slams on Cleveland. Now you saying nobody want to be in Cincinnati. Oh, we'll get to I Cleveland. Wait, 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 come slam on, on Cleveland. <laughs> Why did you what trade did for them? They suck. Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond. They got three big men. So, I mean, everything in Ohio do. Okay, okay. The Cavs and the Bengals are two of the most dysfunctional organizations you in professional sports. You are biased against Ohio. The Bengals. This man not like Ohio people. I mean, hey, if you I are guess. in Ohio, and I'm, I'm so, uh, I apologize. That what do you mean, I guess? I mean, the Cavs are dysfunctional, but... They've also won finals, so... Well, no, 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 no. Some t- they some won finals because they had arguably the greatest basketball player ever. Greatest athlete, but at least, to be on a basketball court. You at least have to admit that. And he carried them he the okay. to three final or four finals. You're right, but they also did have Kyrie and and Kevin Love. But, I mean, they had them without LeBron. I mean, yeah, well, Kyrie apparently was a bust before LeBron <laughs> got LeBron, there. the greatest player ever. Don't say arguably. I mean, he's just, the greatest player ever. He came back to ever. Cleveland because he felt bad, won a championship, and then left. You want to know how? You want to know how bad the Cavs are as far as being dysfunctional? The report this week, or well, no, oh, Ryan, well, it's Ryan, happened now. Well, Bayline's gone. Yes, yes. That, well, Ryan Rosillo said on his on his podcast this week, he heard before the first preseason game, the team's all out on Bayline. Yeah, they hadn't he, played a game, Jared. Because didn't didn't he He's, have those comments? He, what he that said was the team. Was that, was yes, that, yeah. yes, but the team was already out at that point. The quote to Rosillo was, "This is the fastest a team has ever turned on their coach. You can ever when you walk in the building, ever." And so, yes, when the when the comments thing happens later in the year, yes, that's that's you're gonna use that as a, more ammunition for. Well, this is why I hate this guy. <laughs> This is how this is how we're gonna force him out. And that's what happened. Well, you're still biased against the state of Ohio. Period. That's how I feel. I'm gonna apologize to the city of Cincinnati. I didn't mean it. I was more I mean, talking about the Bengals. We, we talk about how the <laughs> how <laughs> stink. How <laughs> the city of Akron. Now, now <laughs> I, I'm not gonna be nice to Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll continue to say that the Hurricanes are the third best uh, Miami team in college football. Oh yeah, gosh. Well, FIU's better than they are, so I'm yeah, not they're the third best. They're behind Miami, Ohio, and FIU. Wow! Yikes! That's cr- that's crazy. 
That's crazy. You believe that? Oh, you you just talking? Well, that was my take from early. That was my take in the fall. I think we continue to believe that until proven otherwise. What, what what are you shaking your head for? They literally lost to FIU last year. Miami did. Yes. Yes. In, in the in the Marlins Stadium. That's ridiculous. They wore the Miami. They lost That's to ridiculous. FIU. I don't remember that. That's ridiculous. You remember they wore the Miami Vice uniforms. I think I think all I remember of Miami is the when Georgia Butch Davis got his <laughs> revenge for not being Miami's current head coach right now and and them hiring Manny Diaz. The only thing I remember of the Miami season is. Obviously the Georgia Tech game, for whatever reason, and then their bowl game where oh, I didn't think they were going to score a touchdown. Then it well, didn't. I I the only game I remember. Oh, the first game, Wait. Florida. Yeah, when they had the worst left and right tackle I've ever seen play a college football game. Yeah, because they were basically turnstiles for the defensive ends, just saying, "Hey." Go hit my quarterback who has a 13 in awareness on his NCAA <laughs> rating and has no idea that, that a pass rush is coming. I mean, Carter, Carter tricked me into thinking Florida was bad, and it was a whole it was a whole big thing. This man, said I think 13. Florida Florida outperformed what they should have. Now, I'm telling you right now, they're going to be legit next year. Oh, this should have come out of the 11 and 1, winning the SEC. No, that's just like what he said about Missouri. Who's that means lost? Florida's not good. They're going undefeated. They lost Tennessee. Probably somebody stupid. Who's their West? I don't even know. I don't, yeah, I don't even know for the schedule. So they go going to tell what's called. LSU, Florida's not undefeated, no, bro. They, they'll probably beat LSU. Uh, hey, LSU's depleted. Mm. LSU's returning coaching staff is Coach O and the. Is you still pot. gonna be a LSU bandwagon person then? Too Me? Jared? Yeah. No, no, Jared's a Bengals fan now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm a closet Bengals fan. Oh, oh, so you just like me when it comes to LeBron? You just follow. Yeah, I'm. I'm, oh, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm following my boy Joe Burrow. Okay, that was. Uh, I gotta, I'm, I'm right or die now. Start I can hating take LSU again. Jared. Now, yeah, you really gotta start hating them. I, I right. take that. Though. I mean, I still, I still may go to grad school there. Florida's gonna beat Eastern Washington. Washington. They're gonna beat Kentucky. They're gonna beat South Alabama. No, they're not. <laughs> Kentucky. Also, side note: Did you know that Eastern Washington's thinking about folding or they're not thinking about that? The the faculty senate said that. You know the guys that directly compete with athletics for for their paycheck. So that means they're thinking about it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> that means the the people that have no power would like it to happen. That's like me That's, saying yeah. I I think Weagle should have a bigger budget. Like, of course, yes. That doesn't mean Weagle's getting a bigger budget. Jared. You can't fold a football program that has Not red field. Not football program. <laughs> what, the athletics department? Yes. That's what they want to dismantle. Oh. Yes, that's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, oh, I know. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Continue with the Florida schedule. What are they going to do with their red field? I don't if know. They, if they don't have sports. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just passing along information. Can you imagine just what They just have outdoor classes on the on the 50-yard line? I mean, and say, hey, we used to be really cool. Uh, okay, at Tennessee, there's your first challenge. I think they win that. I think they're better than Tennessee. South Carolina, that's a win. LSU, that's a win. At Ole Miss, that's a win. Mm. Georgia, potential loss. Okay, mm. yeah. At Vanderbilt, win. Missouri, win. New Mexico State, win. At Florida State, win. Easy Man, schedule. that's an easy schedule. Oh, my goodness. Now let's look at Georgia, who would be their most likely competition here. Yes. Virginia, win. Uh, East Tennessee State, win. Mm. At Alabama, loss. Loss. Yeah. La Monroe, win. Mm. Vanderbilt, win. Maybe. Auburn and Athens, toss-up. 
You know the answer who, to that. Who's to say? <laughs> you, you know the answer to that question. Come on now. I'm, I'm going to say toss-up. I, I, I'll say toss-up, too. That's we, a loss. We, we, return, we actually return our quarterback. And they Go ahead and get it out of your mind that Jamie Newman's going to be this absolute freak that Georgia fans are acting like. No. Jamie Newman's Jamie, going to be the same quarterback that Georgia's had for the past Jamie, 12 years. He's going to be worse than Fromm. He's the same guy. I don't care I don't care anything about Jamie Newman. Fromm's a first-round quarterback, Devin. Jamie Newman's not. Don't even get Wait, upset about out, that. Come out. Jamie Newman no. and Georgia has nothing to do with me thinking that Auburn's going to lose this game. It's Auburn in big games on the road and Gus Malzahn that makes me think that okay, they're not going to win that the, game. The adults are going to talk about football now. He ain't going to be better than him. Sir, let me remind you that I had the best record in picking oh, Auburn games this year. Yeah, yeah I, I got it. We're talking about football. I think he's good. He's not better than Fromm. Hey, can we talk to the microphones? <laughs> Jamie Newman's good. He's not better than Fromm. Look what Fromm did his first two years. Look what he did his second year. Look what he did against Alabama his second year. So when he actually had talent, he didn't have he didn't have experienced talent around him last year. So his old line underwhelmed. So he didn't have weapons. So he, the weapons he did had all got hurt slash ejected. So, so I'm just adding on. I'm sorry. Yes, Jared. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're adding know. on. You're, you're He's not making any actual points here. <laughs> I just think Jake Fromm is a legitimate first-round quarterback. Well, that's yeah, he's so a legitimate good. NFL franchise. Going back Jamie, to Jamie Newman is not. Go look at what Jamie Newman did against conference play in a bad ACC last year. So going His numbers dropped off a cliff. Going to what we were going to talk about 12 minutes ago with the mock draft. Speaking of, neither did the rest of the ACC. Well, you Except for Clemson, you really can't say too much. You know what I mean, you really can't do say too much about it. He ain't had nobody around him, so where is? Man, I'm just gonna go. Wait, by, hey, by what? Are you, you not able to you find? You can't make him on that argument board? and literally say so when I say Jake Fromm didn't have the talent and his O line didn't perform around him. That's hypocritical, <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> You, you uh, can't pull that he had no talent card when I just said Jake Fromm didn't have the talent and you said so. Jake Fromm is not in not Mel on the Kiper's draft board. That's, first that's round. Pretty, that's pretty smart, I think. He by the end of it, he will end up in the first round. Patriots because because the Patriots. Patriots. We need to get the. I think Patriots. that might actually happen. What? Yeah, Patriots. Like the, no, what are they gonna uh, do with, uh, with Jake? I think that what what are you gonna do with Jared? Stidham. Jared. Stidham. Jared. Stidham. Jared. Stidham. Stidham. <laughs> uh. I think I think, I think Jared's Jared's gonna be a, gonna be a nice career backup uh, in about in about four years when when Jake Fromm gets hurt for four games slash has to get suspended for Deflate Gate and has to give up his cell phone. Um, so Jared Stidham's gonna ball out and so, they're gonna trade him for a second round pick. So Jake Fromm starts for the Patriots before Jared Stidham does. I mean, well, no, because Jarrett is <laughs> on the actual team right now. I mean, that's what you're making it sound like. <laughs> but no, well, I mean, in my hypothetical. No, the Patriots I, I think, hurt. I think because the, it's the way it always goes every year, there becomes, as we get closer and closer to the draft, it gets more and more quarterback crazed. Yes. Jordan Love, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, that are all these fringe first-round guys, don't be shocked if they all – Push their way into the first round. I like well, the Eason kid, though. Once right. again, like the Patriots' like first round pick, according to Mel Kuyper, will be Jacob Eason. But so I like the Eason kid. Eason might, like, Fromm's going to perform better at the combine than people think and in his pro day. Because 
I think there's questions about his arm strength. I think he's got plenty good of an arm. And, and, and Eason... I feel Eason... Eason and Herbert, for differing reasons, should have been better the, uh, this past year. Okay, I could take I don't think... I don't think Cristobal really let e, uh not Eason, Herbert. Uh, Herbert go be Herbert. Like he didn't say, "We're gonna win this game on your arm," because I don't think that's the type of coach Cristobal was, and I think that's gonna hurt Herbert. Herbert's still gonna Herbert's gonna go. He's gonna be the third quarterback taken, but yes, he's he like had we allowed Herbert to go win games. Rather than have him be a complimentary piece to the run game, I think there's a very good chance with with Tua's injury, him being the second quarterback taken. And Mel Kuyper's draft 2.0, Cincinnati taking Joe Burrow, Chase Young going to the Redskins. I think we all knew that would be one and two. <sighs> Three to the Lions, My Tua. Go down, man. There was hey. a. There was, a, there was a thought that the Lions could trade back because they have Matt Stafford, they can get some more draft capital. But there's some buzz that apparently they do like Tua, especially if they can have him be a backup, sit, make sure he's fully recovered as Stafford plays out his final years at Detroit. The Lions just got upset that the Tigers have drafted more Super Bowl winning quarterbacks than they have. That's all this is. Number four. Matt Stafford to the Raiders. (laughs) Stop. I love that. Because there's also an article that apparently Derek Carr is on the market. Yeah, So. But we already kind of knew that. Just because Gruden clearly <laughs> doesn't like him. Jeff I mean, I watched Hard Knocks. Jeff it, was, it, was, it was Gruden. Gruden's, Gruden's trying to, to tolerate him and make him feel like he likes him. But I don't think Gruden actually likes him. And number five to the Dolphins, Justin Herbert. Ugh. Three quarterbacks taken Please in the five picks. Take Justin Herbert off the board before the Panthers pick is up. <laughs> I beg you. <laughs> and if you're wondering where the Panthers are at the number seven spot, it's still Derek Brown. That seems like uniformed. That's going to be the seventh pick for the Panthers. That's what I thought last this, year. Hey, I thought they were getting Cleveland Farrell. And mm. this draft feels like a draft where if the if the Panthers do take Derek Brown at seven, they trade back into the back end of the first round and go get a quarterback. It feels like that to me. Because it like it, 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 it feels, it want, feels like when, want, when the Ravens drafted Hayden Hurst uh, and then traded back him. into That's the first round. I just want who you want, Jay. You I tell want me a, who you want. I don't want anyone with a quarterback or a running back. I just, we we have so many holes in the team right now. Just where do you want to start? I guess Derek Derek Brown. I wouldn't be upset with that. They they need it. I they, guess, they need a lot. I guess Justin right. is tight end now, right? Uh, no, they just and run, a middle run, linebacker on the Auburn offense. If you want a quarterback, who would it be? They got a, about that. They got a homeboy, hey. Ian Thomas. <laughs> they got homeboy. Yeah. Look, <sighs> we got to head to a commercial break, and when we come back, I guess at some point we'll go to the NBA. I didn't get a finish talking about Georgia's schedule. I need Jalen Hurts. Quick, you have thirty seconds about Georgia's Jacob schedule. Jacob Eason sucks because he I'll played at Georgia. When, when that's we come my back. That's my it's take. not like we have a real plan. Can I go? Can I get Jalen Hurts? <laughs> <laughs> you want Jalen Hurts? Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> they say he a day three prospect. That's crazy. You're watching. That's crazy, man. <laughs> 
You're, I think he's an elite athlete. I just don't think he's an elite quarterback. You're watching and listening to the watching. Hey, y'all saw what happened yesterday with Davis. I ain't afraid to do it again. Legal point. Ninety-one point one. Thank you, Jack. You're watching and listening to point here on WGL ninety-one point one FM. And welcome back inside the Extra Point here on WEG on 91.1 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillon joining me in the studio is Carter Bird, Jack Hart, and Devin Foreman. As we are now back. And uh, what's the plan, boys? What's so Georgia's Georgia's Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is the next day. Who does Georgia play next? Where did I leave off? I East, believe East oh, Tennessee. The paper. Fail. <laughs> East Tennessee. <laughs> They they are gonna beat East Tennessee and oh, be it's Auburn two and zero. Okay, while you guys talk about that, I'm gonna fix our camera. Thanks, Jared. Uh, Thank you. No, you actually. So Auburn, Auburn's our top our toss up game. Toss up, which would put us hmm. By us, I mean the it's the royal us of Georgia. Of Georgia, how dare uh, you? So how dare you include me in that? <laughs> that'd be. What the now? What are you doing? Two and one, three and one, four and one. Four and a half and one and a half, if we call that a true toss-up game. Okay. At Mizzou, they'll win. Yeah. Florida, I have it as a loss right now. Okay, that's fair. So you have a, a loss on both of their schedules then? Oh, yes. Well, you did say that. Toss-up. Toss-up, okay. Toss up. So add that to toss the up. Auburn half. So what does that make us? I think it's five and two? Six and two? What was the other loss? Oh, Alabama. Okay, Alabama. continue. He guarantee Alabama. At South Carolina. Oh, that's a dub. Tennessee. I think they could be sneaky. Tennessee at home? I'm back. Yeah, it's Tennessee at Tennessee home. Tennessee and Sanford. I think, they'll, I think they'll clutch that. I'm back. At Kentucky. Wait, is this a Georgia schedule? Uh, that's at a, Kentucky? That's a, a, a Georgia Tech. Uh, okay. Which doesn't matter for the SEC, but they will, they will okay, I see them. accumulate... Two to three losses in conference play. I see and them. I only see Florida getting one. Nine and two and a third. That's my final win projection for, for Georgia. He's saying... he's saying I know what he's saying. Nine and two thirds and, and two and a third. I, 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 in, I'm trying to in help Jack's, you do math. In Jack's mind, I know what he's saying. I'm saying that Kentucky... 9.67. That Kentucky game... It's one Three third of a loss. Yes, I, there, there's a one third chance Georgia loses. To All Kentucky. right, stop using math. Stop shooting threes. <sighs> this guy over here is so confused. Now Tennessee is your other contender. They'll beat Charlotte, Oklahoma. Regardless of who they run run out at quarterback at Oklahoma is going to house Tennessee. Oh, we're doing Tennessee schedule now. Hey, can we not? <laughs> well, talk it's about the th- that's the third option here. Can we not talk about Tennessee? Yeah, he's still sore about that. <laughs> Them all ales. <laughs> really? Wait. After for Tennessee. After, for... after Philip Fulmer stepped up in front of a crowd and said, "The Vols are back." Go through and then he schedule. said that they're gonna take a bite out of everyone. 
Hey, can you go through one? Can you go through the schedule for me? I'm going to tell you he wins and lost it right quick. Charlotte. Dub. I'll give him a Don't. dub. I'll give him a dub. How do you... I'll give him a dub. Lackluster. How do you give them a... Uh, I guess I'm going to give him a win. I, that's, that's one. Against the Charlotte 49ers. All right. At Oklahoma. That's a loss. Loss, yeah. Furman. Dub. I don't want to I love that you had to think about dub. it. Florida. Hello, loss. Missouri. Loss. That's a win. At home, that's a win. Loss. That's incorrect. Okay. At South Carolina. Loss. That's incorrect. They'll be four and two going to the bye. Yeah, Alabama and, and Knoxville, they'll lose. Lost. That's lose. two and five. Four and three. That's two and five. At Arkansas, that's a win. That's a dub. That's I a big win. I got to give them that one. Five, five. They'll be five and two. No, they'll be they'll be five and three now. Five and three. I got them three. And uh, um, Kentucky at home. Lost. I think they win. Oh. Six and three. Man, Tennessee three and always six, has Kentucky man. No, number. Man. Every time six. Kentucky thinks they're gonna have a good season, At Georgia shows up. That's a that's a loss. That's a loss. I think they'll be six and four. I got them four. And, I got them three. Troy, seven. Troy, seven and four. Troy, Troy. Yeah, Troy gonna get that. Troy gonna get that dub. Okay, let's go Trojans. This ain't the same Troy that went into Baton Rouge a few years ago. So let's go Troy. That's gonna- At Vanderbilt, that's a win. They'll go eight and four. I think that's being nice with with an out of conference loss to Oklahoma. I can't give them that. I think that's exactly what I think. They'll go exactly eight and four. I think, I think I think as much as they have a chance to lose some of those games, that I count as win wins. I think they actually have shots. I mean, I think they'll to get potentially somebody. pull off an upset against. But like Oklahoma, Tennessee's Florida, the, Alabama, or Georgia. Tennessee's the team that if they beat Georgia, they'll lose to Missouri. That's just how they're going to be for, for, until they can until they can get things figured out and have a consistent base there for the team. That's just going the team they're going to be. They're going to be the third place team in the East for the foreseeable future. Man, I think this Missouri team is about to drop off a cliff. I do too, but like uh, Arkansas type cliff. If they're not already there. No, no, no. Yes, because I think the sanctions oh. of the pr- previous couple years are about to catch up, and there's no Kelly Bryant to save them. And their current recruiting class was terrible because they were transitioning in coaches. Well, oh. b- before we get into a big rabbit hole that we cannot get out of and not go to break, you gonna go let's oh, let's wait. get to our last break. I don't think they're in the go break. To we're going to talk about Vanderbilt's yeah. uh, win like total, five win team. Uh, NBA time. after the break, Jared. If if we even make it there, you're watching. Let's hear your point here on WGL 91.1 and Eagle Eye TV. Welcome back inside the extra point here on WGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillard joined by Carter Bird, Devin Foreman, and Jack Hart. As we got about 10 minutes to go, let's head over to the NBA. What's happening in the National Basketball Association? You know what? I have came up with something else also. What? This man right here is biased against Ohio and the NBA. This man hates talking about the NBA. I swear. Like every time he talks about the NBA, he just. Carter? Like, Wait, or yeah, me? Carter, what? Carter, 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 not <laughs> huh? Carter. 
Every time we try to bring up the NBA, he'd be like, nobody cares. Wait, where? This infighting. <laughs> You're biased against Ohio and basketball. There's an actual biased person <laughs> on this panel against the NBA, and we're che- we're pointing fingers at the wrong one. What, let's clear the bias by talking about Ohio and the NBA. <laughs> and talk about this Cavs team, eh? Man. Are you Canadian? Uh, well, we kind of already touched on it, right? I mean, is there, yeah, because nationally we have, though. Now, for now it's going to be a team without a coach with with two seven-foot centers that can't do anything but rebound uh, and no place to put them. <laughs> and Kevin Love, who is maybe top three most miserable people in the NBA right now because he doesn't want to be on the Cavs. But, but but I'm biased. I'm sorry. But. He should definitely settle and just, just let them pay him off and then like a buyout, and then he just do what he want to do. If I, was, if I was him, you know, you ain't finna win, so you finna just sit there and get He's, dusted in Cleveland. Wait, so you're like, wh- what do you want his buyout to be? Whose buyout? He wants Kevin hey, Love I want to, Kate Love to just go to them and just say, hey, man, give me this much, Ali. <laughs> give me a Buy me a bus I'm ticket <laughs> out of <the table. laughs> I will leave. And then um, you go do what you got to do. Go find you somewhere else to play. Sorry. The Cavs are gonna do that when they can get something out of him potentially. How old is Kevin Love now? Thirty-eight. Thirty-one. Oh, he's thirty-one. He is thirty-one. <laughs> that changed your opinion, I know, Devin. I know he does feel like you older than thirty-one, <laughs> but dang. KK Love seven years. <laughs> he seems so old, bro. Like he, he do seem. <laughs> Somehow he thinks is he like Kevin Love is older than Andre Iguodala. It looks like John Stockton. Who we defended like like our get out when he when he signed with the Heat. He's just like John Stockton, who looked like he was in his mid forties okay. for his t- entire so career. Year. <laughs> he is under contract for the next four seasons. Oh no! What? And he, you want? He signed an extension, I think. You know yeah, what? He signed when, a four-year, one hundred twenty point four million dollar contract. Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Jr.—not even Jr. Smith. He gone now, but <laughs> them two. They should send LeBron a gift every month. <laughs> Every day, <laughs> just saying. Hey, come this man got a four-year deal. God, K Love ain't even like that, man. It's K- better. It's better than Batum. Let's just go look at how many All-Star games Kevin Love has played in. You I know, feel like it's been a lot. Oh, because you know he was with Minnesota, dropping sixty. It seemed like twenty-five and fifteen. So I mean, I'm pretty sure he got a couple. His peak, his peak in Minnesota was twenty six and thirteen point three. Twenty six, thirteen. That's close. He, he, just, he, he needs I that mean, of Cleveland. You're right. He's a five time All Star, and he's, I mean, five time All Star, NBA champion. He's averaged. He calls essentially LeBron essentially a, a double double his entire career. Seventeen point seven and so. or no, he's eighteen point two and eleven point two for his career. He calls LeBron a championship. Good. How did he though? He got hurt. He left LeBron by himself. <laughs> he left LeBron. LeBron all by himself. By himself. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting. I mean, LeBron did it, did it all himself. Wait, so you remember that? You remember whose, year, whose fault is it that year that LeBron took the team full of scrubs to the finals twice? What, what year did it? What year? We'll pick one: the Mo Williams year or the last year in Cleveland. Hey, the, the, three, like the, three, the three, the three, the last year, in, the last year in Cleveland, the twenty sixteen year, twenty sixteen. Yeah, Tomorrow when J.R. Smith did that. No, that was the three one year. 
The three one. No, lead. he no no he, no. Jess, he, no, Jess, he, no he, did it in yeah. 2018 when he took basically a oh, yes, a, yes. a 23 win team to the finals. <laughs> Jess Mill, he I, reason enough for that one. I thought we was ahead. Wait. <laughs> Just man, that, I, I looked at the YouTube. They weren't man. winning. They weren't winning that finals regardless no, no, of, of if if J.R. Smith listen, knew the dagger score. Listen, check this out though. Check this out. Game one, we supposed to won that. All right, that's that's one. That's one zero. We would have went. We would split one and one. We wouldn't be <laughs> mentally killed going back to Cleveland. Killed. Okay. So we would have had at least one of those games. That's two and two. Then from right there, LeBron got to do what he got to do. So a, guess what? This man actually killed us before the season, before the even series started. I saw a video. I saw a video where I was like, "If the purge happened, Jr. Smith would be the first person LeBron goes after." <laughs> hey man, man, I can only imagine but, how my boy felt. Man, I would have Jr. Smith. Wait, Jr. LeBron. I would have slapped Jr. Smith right up. He, he would have been the funny. He would have been blinking irate. The funny thing is, Jr. Smith could actually help this Lakers team a lot right now. Don't you dare. <laughs> He would never. Three-point shooting, man. We don't want him. They need it. No, he'll forget what basket he on and just start shooting it. No. <laughs> forget what he, he They just show up to the Clippers practice and be like, I, hey, I thought I was a Clipper. <laughs> exactly. Okay. okay. So anyway, back to Kevin Love. Kevin Love's a Hall of Famer, dude. Oh, I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's not. He is. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying like he should just. How are we shocked a Hall of Famer signed a four-year contract then? He he shot because what? he thought he was thirty seven. <laughs> I thought he was older. Yeah. But okay, okay. Back back to your back to your pay me money so I can walk away. Yeah. How much money are you are you saying Kevin Love should say he to for them to pay him? And why would the Cavs do it and not get anything in return? They get good karma. That's that's because they need it. Yeah, right maybe now. maybe good. You know. K Love, well, it depends on if K Love want to win or not. Like if he if he just want to collect the cash, if that's what he want to do. All I'm that. looking at right here is why would he walk away from 120 million dollars? I nah, mean, you don't have you been to Cleveland? You don't do that. I'd walk away to get out of there. 120. You could million? pay me 120 million dollars, Jared, and I wouldn't leave my house in Cleveland. I I, I literally <laughs> you can put me on house of re- house arrest in Cleveland, and I'll be the happiest person ever. <laughs> give me $120 million. Sure. I'm, I'm, mm. <laughs> I said, uh-uh. You give me $120 million. I ain't going to Cleveland. And, and I will live in Cleveland. If you give me $120 million, I'll live in Cleveland for the rest of my life. I won't leave the Cleveland city limits. <laughs> Play NCAA no. basketball 2003 no. that you can now afford no. on eBay. No. What? Ooh, I'm trying to think of a city that I just wouldn't take it. Cleveland's mine. I wouldn't go to Cleveland. Buffalo. But I'm the biased one Grant, against Ohio, Grant, and I, I'm saying give me 120 million dollars. <laughs> that's the only thing I said about Ohio. I don't want to go to Cleveland. I'm sorry. Well, no, I know, but I'm saying give me 120 million dollars. I won't leave the city limits of Cleveland, and you're <laughs> no, saying you're gonna you wouldn't leave. even do that. But I'm biased against Ohio. I'm not saying you're biased. I'm not saying you're biased. I'm saying that me willing to live in Cleveland for 120 million dollars. I mean, look at it. You get 120 million dollars. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I knew this. <laughs> you got to play for the Cavs. Wait, in this scenario, are you just getting $20 million straight up when you're playing for the Cavs? I mean, if you're playing for the Cavs, you have to leave the city. Just I don't mean, know unless you have a Contavious Caldwell Pope 
Listen, I'm on you why does it stop right you, you go to the arena and then you go back to prison <laughs> and you aren't allowed to leave the, the, the city of Just the opposite of, of a barnstorming team. They only play home games. <laughs> no, uh, it, hey, it is it is that that is the okay, that's the exact scenario. You play forty one games because you can't leave the city of of Cleveland and you get paid hundred and twenty million dollars. Well, I wish I got paid that money. But you don't want to live in Cleveland. You just said you didn't want to live You're in right. Cleveland. That is it for the show today. Thank you, Carter Bird, Devin Foreman, and Jack Hart for joining me on the show. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. So thank you for watching and listening to The Extra Point here on WGL 91.1 FM.